Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Terry, how are you going? Really good. How are you? I'm really great. <laughs> it's always good, I think, sometimes to have a hobby. Yeah. And you've, if, you've got a few. I've got a few hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, most people, I think the idea of actually collecting similar items of a particular thing is something that people have always done. I mean, yes. as, as, a, as a kid, I imagine, I mean, sometimes... People used to collect stickers. And yes, I had a friend as a kid who used to collect frogs, ornamental okay. frogs. She had hundreds, literally hundreds. Yes, yeah. I know people have got teapots. Yes. Like every type of teapot. Yes. Known to mankind. And you've got a pretty extensive collection as well that you've had for... For a long time. We were a long I time. A long, long time, a long time. <laughs> I started, I got, in that particular thing, it was actually, I'll tell you how it started. Someone uh, gifted me a twin lens reflex camera mm-hmm. and it was broken, like it had been dropped, but it was really cool piece. Yeah, like, they're beautiful, beautiful cameras. So, and that kind of started me on, and which is what we're going to be talking about today, is, is collecting cameras as collectibles. Yes. And and just, I suppose we thought with this particular podcast is that it's just something that maybe as a photographer you haven't thought about. Mm. I mean, in, in my collection too, I mean, a lot of those cameras have a personal connection. That they're, yes. they're cameras that I've shot on. Yes. So they, they've they kind of served their purpose as a working camera uh-huh. and now they've been, you know, they, they stay. And I, and I went out and bought some like really nice glass, I've got three in the office, really three nice glass cabinets full of cameras. <laughs> yeah, haven't you? Well, it's just like you need to show, I mean, if you're going to collect them, you need to be able to show them off. Mm. And I suppose from a collectible point of view, I think collecting that camera technology is, is just such a, a valuable connection back to the back to the past. Mm. Like you mm. pull those cameras out and, and it kind of brings back, oh, well, we used to have to set everything back on. <laughs> like, these were, what? You these, had to wind on film? Everything was manual. That's mm. right, you know. And I think that was the thing that, you know, we a lot of people grew up with and a lot of younger people never grew up. Yeah, grew up with that. So when they pick up one of these old cameras, it's really fascinating for them to even understand how did anyone even make an image? (laughs) How did you get a picture out of this? What was actually involved in said picture making? So I think for people who may be looking at, you know, having something to collect, don't discount cameras. I think cameras are a great collectible. Mm. And, And the other thing about it is from a point of view, a lot of people don't have the same passion in photography. So some people will just, discard cameras like like they're like they're an old mix master or an old fry pan oh, you know what i mean like everyone yes, does it do. like oh i got a new fry pan throw that fry pan out mm. oh i got a new camera throw that camera out mm. and i think some people don't have that personal connection but i think it's it's worthwhile and i said a lot of mm. my a lot of my cameras in my collection have come from people just saying oh we're cleaning out the cupboard I saw this old camera. I was going to chuck it. And I thought, oh, I thought of Steve. He'd yeah. probably like that. Yeah, and I've I've got I've got my grandfather who's passed away. I've got his old camera, and my my family, on my dad's side, can remember having pictures taken with it. Yes, which is really lovely. And I think I've still even got the first camera that I was gifted by my uncle yes. when I was 
I think I was about, what do I mean, about 17, 18? Yep. And the condition he gave it to me was, I'll give you this if you promise to become a professional photographer. Yep. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's funny because the oldest camera in my collection is a, is a 1915 uh, Kodak folding camera. Oh, I used to have one like that, yes. And it was my great grandmother's camera. Wow. It was her person. It was a camera that she, you know, obviously had taken photos with. So wow. And then it was passed on. She'd given it to my grandmother who then gave it to my father who then yeah. who then passed it down to me. And so what sort of film did you use in those ones? I, I think it took a, a 120, something like that. Yeah, maybe. right. Yeah, roll. Yeah. So, yeah, it had the bellows, the big bellows on the front of it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's quite, um, how would you say, frail and... The concertina one. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. you pop out. Yeah, I've I've got one somewhere at home and I've had to actually close it because it's become that brittle. Yes, but that's the a concertina's problem. not... Yeah, it'll, it'll, crack, it'll crack and fall apart. Yeah, and yeah. It's just because of the age, but... Yeah. It's such a cool, it's such a cool camera. It's more a piece, isn't it, nowadays? Well, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a piece. It's not something that you're probably going to go out and ever try and mm. capture an image on but I, I love looking at the, the you know looking at those cameras and thinking of the challenges that you had to the photographers had to go to to capture something using a camera like that yes you know it's got the you know so there's kind of a sliding scale there for the focus yes so you kind of go need to know how many feet you are from the subject <laughs> and, and set the focus yeah and hope, hope that it's somewhere even like close yeah, and the twin reflex that you mentioned before is that it's a top viewing. Yes, yeah, top view. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that yeah. in itself is actually quite an interesting apparatus because you do you kind of you, from memory you'd hold it at waist waist height. Yeah, yeah. And, and so one of the lenses is actually exposing the film. The other one's actually being used for the yeah for the viewfinder, and they're trying to obviously emulate what the film's saying. Yes, yeah. And sometimes that image was actually was it upside. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it is kind of obscured. It's obscured upside down or back to front or something because yeah. I don't think a, I don't think there's a prism in there like in our, in our like our DSLRs or SLR cameras. There's the the prism corrects the, the image, so that's it's, correct. Yeah, it's, it's the right way up. So when we yeah. look through the eyepiece, we're actually seeing it how we expect to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember using one at um in high school. Yes, and it was. Very, I was like, "Oh, this is this. It's broken. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> it's not that fuzzy logic. It's all fuzzy." Yeah, looking. and it was just. I don't even know if there was a light meter in. It. I think we had to. No, no, you've got to kind of. Um, yeah, that's when people used to hold those light the, meter. You use a light meter. Yeah, and you work <laughs> which, out. Which I've got several of at home, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got. Well, I've got them in my collection as well. Because see, so those accessories are great to collect. The old flash, mm. the old flash guns. Yes. The old um, light meters. Yes, I've got a Super 8 somewhere. Yeah, so um, all, all, yeah. That, all that all that stuff is so cool. Yeah. But the other thing about it is, like, as a photographer, having that, and if you've got a place of business, set up your collection and your place of business. Like, mm. and then it's gr the great um, talking point. So the other thing, what you mm. do is, if, I mean, if you've got a, a spot where you meet clients, you can regularly like move them around but like pull some pieces on the table yeah so put a box brownie or put something mm. else on the table that that just a, is a, a kind of an ice breaking point <laughs> gosh it's making me think of um there was a time where a friend and i we got one of my old cameras that i was no longer using we, we decided that it'd be great to pull it apart so we could figure out how it worked yes i think we got about 50 screws in and we still hadn't pulled anything off the camera, camera. We decided to give up and put yes. all the screws back in. Yeah, some well, some of them are quite 
they're quite an engineering feat. Yes. <laughs> I, I read as an interesting story. I was reading the other day how how the Canon camera started. Yeah, right. So the guy in Japan who dis, you know decided that he wanted to build a, a camera and, and Leica was probably the most popular rangefinder camera. Yeah. And this is back in the early 30s. Yeah. They were incredibly expensive. Like these cameras were super, super expensive. Yes. So his, his first assumption was that these things must be made with gold and diamonds and all this exotic material. Yeah. So he got hold of one and he pulled it apart until his, to his I suppose, dismay that he just found it was pieces of glass stuck together with It was, it was, it was pieces metal. of metal and there was little springs and there, yes. was, there was nothing in there that couldn't be replicated. Replicated. Or... And, that, and, that's, <laughs> and that's what he did. <gasps> wow. So that's, and that's, that's how the Canon company was first got its starting. So these when things, was their first, when did they make their first camera? Can you remember uh, that? I, look, I think he was playing with that around in 1933, somewhere in that early mm-hmm. mid thirties when he started playing. I don't know when, and they, they went on and they formed a company, I think with his brother-in-law and it grew from that. Mm. So it was quite, quite an interesting story, but I mean, people were to Google and like all, I think all the camera, camera manufacturers like Kodak and Canon, they've all got fascinating, mm. fascinating stories how they actually started. And even those those brands that aren't around anymore, like Konica and Minolta and Yeah, those different Olympus ones. And, and again, that's the nice thing about having a camera collection, that some of these manufacturers are no longer around. Or, yes. Or they don't make, they've, they've, yes. they've pivoted their business and they don't make cameras anymore, but yes. they used to make cameras. And, that's right. And there used to be, there used to be themed cameras. I can remember, you know, there was, there was some cameras that were done in the br- colours of different corporations. Like I think there was one of the Kodak ones was done in, a, in like a Coca-Cola red. Yes. And stuff like that. So the cameras were made kind of themed around. Yeah. So some of those things are really cool as collectibles. Yeah. You can get hold of them. So those those ones that you're talking about, were they the really old ones that were made out of like a, ba- a Bakelite kind yeah, of plastic? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, they're like a Bakelite. God, they'd be beautiful. Forerunners to like the modern plastic camera yeah right but even like i said one one of the great i mean i've like i said i've, I've been gifted a lot of cameras mm-hmm. over the years but i'm i'm also always a an avid kind of you know fossick around the 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 thrift shops because yes quite often someone will pass away and they're cleaning out the cupboard and there's all this old camera gear and it gets yeah. taken out there and it really doesn't have like i mean back in the day it would have been an absolute small fortune to someone oh, gosh, to buy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But this stuff gets thrown into the thrift shop and, you know, gets 25 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever. Oh. So sometimes it's just interesting to go and buy a piece of equipment that's really old just just to have a look at it, see how it worked. And mm. it may not, some of the functions made it work. Because, I mean, what happens with a lot of the old film cameras is the seals, especially like in, in our heat in Australia, yeah, the light seals around when you sh- shut the doors to keep the light off the film. Gosh, we used to love that at uni when we would find old cameras that had light leaks or mold spots. Yes. Or it's funny know. now when you talk about light leaks because it's actually a it's like it's a, a it's a technique that people put on their fil- their Instagram filter. filters. <laughs> you know, if you have got a light leak in your in, in your thirty five mil body, you're <laughs> devastated that you've just ruined. It was funny actually. I was looking at a book the other day at a friend's place, and she had. Um, a beautiful book about Marilyn Monroe and I was looking at some of the film contact sheets yes. from, from those days and, and some of the shots there had 
They weren't light leaks, but they were chemical stains yes. and burns and all sorts of things. And it did. It made me think of the light leaking and all sorts of stuff. Well, that, like that. That, that used to be one of the things that used to happen with uh, film processing is that sometimes the chemicals would be slightly off. Mm. So people would get some irregularities in their in their images. Yeah. Which were just part and parcel of the of the process that you just didn't know what you were going to get. Like Which you, would break your heart sometimes yeah, if you so, had chemical stains on your film. Some sometimes produce some really cool effects, but like people had yeah. people had some, you know, there's a there's a saying in photography, sometimes you can have that happy accident. Yes. Yes. So you'll you'll mess the settings up and you'll take this shot and it'll it, it's not what you were trying to get, but what the <laughs> I used to do that with my film rating by accident. It would rate it wrong, yes. so it would increase the contrast or decrease it, and I'd be like, "Oh, that worked out well." That worked out well. Geez, <laughs> I, I pushed it six stops. <laughs> well, I still got an image. Makes a big difference. <laughs> not just a big thing of white. <laughs> Look at these ghosts. <laughs> no, you just had the film set wrong. <laughs> That's it. But that was the thing. So I mean, I think as a collectible, cameras are something. Like I said, we all can connect. And like suddenly, mm. when people come into my office and they see the the camera collection, people can use. I own one of them. Yes, I can relate to a lot of the the pieces that you've got here because I've got some similar at home. Yes. And sadly, I haven't looked after them as well as yourself. And I live by the ocean for quite some time, and so yes. a lot of my antique cameras have got rust on them now, and it's it's really sad because they will slowly degenerate. Yes, from and, that. and and look, that was one of the things that. I did. I went made that conscious decision to buy some display cases, mm. and they're, so they're basically sealed from the elements mainly. Mm-hmm. But just somewhere where, but people can see them without having to kind of handle. Because the other thing too, you probably don't want people handling them because there is as they get older. I mean, things break easier on them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you want people to kind of admire them and see them. That's right. <clears throat> and the other little tip for people who are collecting cameras, and he's a really good tip this is one of your takeaways if you're collecting cameras do not put the lens caps on leave all the lens caps off Mm. and Mm. the reason is fungus needs darkness to grow oh my gosh that just my heart's breaking already remembering Mm. taking lens caps off cameras that have been in bags for for way too long yes because i I spent a lot of time living in the tropics yes years and years ago and that would happen you'd Go back to your camera after a couple of months of having it away, whether it be a spare or a backup or something yep. that you've just kept for a collection piece, and the whole lens is mouldy and the inside of the camera has mould all through it. All yes. So the so the oh. idea is the idea is if having them in a glass display case with all the lens caps off, mm. so the light can actually get into the lens, mm-hmm. and then in a brightly lit room, mm. you're going to preserve those cameras for much much longer. That's exactly right. Uh, look, I know I know someone who's got a very good lovely camera collection and it's in glass cases and they leave the lights in the cases running 24 7 really mm. wow for that just for that reason wow just just so to inhibit um fungus growing in the Gosh. in the cameras and the lenses they keep them permanently lit because i know in the um in the wetter months when it's been quite wet when i was living by the ocean i would take my cameras out of their bag and put them in boxes with the um the silica at the bottom your silica gel yeah yeah to inhibit that to, to, to suck out the moisture so they yeah you know. yeah yeah so look i mean and that's again if you've got you can use and quite often you get little bags of silica gel when you buy camera gear yes and you can actually buy the kind of units that are meant to go in a 
like in a cupboard mm. where you plug. I got one at home where you plug it in, mm-hmm. it heats it up and it changes color. Like so, when it's full of moisture, mm-hmm. I think it turns. I've got might have this wrong. It turns over pink or blue. It, yeah. But, but then you plug it in. It's got a plug in it, yes. which is a, just a heater. Yes. It heats it up. It dries all that moisture out of the crystals. Amazing. And then you hang it up, and then it just sucks the moisture back into the crystals. Oh my so gosh, can, that's amazing. You can. Yeah, reuse yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. So, so sometimes, depending if where you're storing your, your stuff, if it's in a an area where there's a lot of dampness, yeah, yeah, idea to put something in there to help. help. Even those damp aid bu- buckets, you can create yeah, same, a well, kind of a, a same type of thing. Anti-humidity, yeah, same kind type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about in this episode about collecting cameras as a kind of a collectible, but I think it's also as a kind of a I suppose a potential, you know legacy to hold on to some of that technology mm. that people can actually um, because it's so easy for so many things for them just to disappear out of society yeah yeah i've got some bizarre things that i've collected one being i have a one a one pint milk bottle the square milk bottles it's one pint so we used to get our milk delivered yeah. to the door and they used to have a little fall top so it used to be the milkman used to come to the front Yes. Front door, drop the bottles of milk. Yes. And you'd put out your empty bottles and mm-hmm. he'd take the empties away and drop whatever you left there, three bottles of milk. So you take the milk inside, here it is in this glass container. Those just disappeared because when people, when milk started being put into plastic bottles and people started just buying the milk from the supermarkets, people didn't think to keep these glass bottles, but they were just so... And the character of those bottles too, because you know they 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 recycled them, so they they got yeah. used and used. So those if those bottles could tell you a story, <laughs> right? imagine all the households they've been into, all the households that they've been into, you know, mm. and all the different you know people that have had contact with that glass bottle. I just find that stuff fascinating. Sometimes just hang on to these things that are fairly mundane. Yeah, but. When people see them, it gives them a real buzz. Like, oh, yeah. I remember that. It's so true. It's absolutely true. And it's not, as I said, and that's the thing I love about having the cameras is that, that people will nearly every time someone comes into the office mm. and they see the cameras, they'll mm. go through and, and they'll pick out the cameras that they owned or oh, I had the model I had the model after that or I had the model before that. Mm. And they're just fascinated. I mean, I've chucked in there too. I've got. Um, a heap of em- empty film canisters, and yeah. So I connect all that, and I've got a lot of manuals. So the, some of the cameras I've been fortunate enough to get the have the the user manuals, which some of them are yes. hilarious. I've got some too. <laughs> yeah, they're quite comical. Some of them are quite comical when you read, you know, trying to because they're trying to educate people about photography, and it's kind of like just the I suppose the the era of how people describe stuff. It's just mm-hmm. quite quite bizarre like today you just watch a youtube clip and show it all but you know there's no youtube back then <laughs> so but i think like i said it's one of those areas like i said that people maybe have not even thought about doing yeah it's just collecting camera and as soon as, as soon as you start putting the feelers out you'll be amazed about what people what sort of communities you kind of stumble upon across. yeah but what yeah. what people have in their tucked away in their cupboards you know and, mm. and some people some people just they don't want to throw something out. They don't want to throw it out, throw it out. Yeah. But they're happy to gift it to someone who's collecting them. Yeah. I know I've done that with like yeah. with cameras, like digital cameras that I no longer use. I'd prefer to give that to someone who could maybe learn photography yes. than it go 
in the rubbish or be disposed of or, well, you don't or go, go to even a second-hand land, shop. You don't want it to go to landfill. No, no. It'd be so nice if, like I said, even, even like just as a as a ornamental piece mm. to sit on your desk in your study just and again to, to go back and reflect on a time when photography was very, very different. That's right. And having, I mean, I've got a box brownie there, which is was made during the Second World War. Wow! And it's it's materials were scarce, so it's predominantly cardboard and plywood. Wow! So it was like a scaled down version of the box brownie. They just made a very it's very simple. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a pinhole type. Yeah, camera. yeah. But the materials that they used were of what was plentiful and cheap. Yeah. So they could keep manufacturing them. How interesting. It is. Well, I said it's, it's one of those things, again, like it's just so interesting to think that the world's been through these different crises. I mean, a bit like, you know, we're in 2020 and we've been dealing with a pandemic. Yeah. Manufacturers of all types of stuff over the years have had to, to deal with world wars, material shortages, you know, Great Depression, People didn't have much money, so if they, were going to, if they had any chance of selling a camera, they had to make very cheap cameras that people could afford. Mm. So these companies made these different models, and sometimes they were a success, sometimes they weren't a success. So sometimes they just made a few, you know, they didn't make that many, mm. and then they just disappeared. Yeah, it's so, it's, yeah, such a shame. Well, I'm saying there's so much history around that stuff, mm. and like I said, it's as a photographer, it's just something that you could collect. Yes. I mean, you could... You could choose to collect tripods, I suppose. <laughs> I think cameras more interesting. I do have a few tripods as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, but some of us become gear hoarders too. We don't like parting with mm. with gear, particularly the cameras that you've really like something about that camera you really loved. Yeah, like you, you will hang on to some stuff just for purely for the nostalgia. That's right. It's so true. That's it. Probably never ever see the light of day again. <laughs> But fantastic. Yeah. So we've been talking about collecting cameras. And like I said, I think it's a great past. Yeah. Like a great you know, thing if you want to look for another hobby to do. So it be interesting right. to see if anyone else out there has, you know. Where have they found their greatest piece? <clears throat> yeah, what cameras have they got? Maybe they've got something really rare. Maybe they've got one of those really rare Leicas that are worth like Gosh, gazo- gazillions amazing? of dollars. One of the gold ones. Yes, maybe. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> Terry, till next time. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.